following podcast may be explicit. One Joe Young presents Adventures from the Shed, a tabletop RPG podcast. You can find us online at adventuresfromtheshed.com. Hi, and welcome to the Shed for Adventures from the Shed. We're coming to you online and, well, not quite streaming, screaming perhaps. We are here. We're going to run you a quick one-shot campaign. We'll get uh, two or three episodes out of this, and we interrupt the normal broadcast to bring you this one-shot campaign. We're actually going to be using the Dungeon World system, which um, those who are familiar with the podcast will recognize that I am a fanboy of the Dungeon World system. Uh, We are going to have uh, four folks total today. And we currently have three to get us started. Um, let's say hi, you guys. Hey, this is Chris. I'm going to be playing a thief this time. Uh, we'll get to the names later, I guess. I don't know how far you want to go with intros. Um, I like that intro. That's all. Welcome to the podcast. And I'm Randy, and I'll be playing a ranger this time around. I'll pew, right, pew. I, pew, pew. I am Joe. I will be the uh, recipient of the pew pews that Randy throws my way. We're going to, as I said, uh, we're going to play a one-shot of Dungeon World. And I mention it as we interrupt your normal broadcast because these episodes are going to be inserted immediately. So one of the things we can say, if you guys like, I will, is uh, happy holidays to everybody. This episode is going to be out right before Christmas. um, And this is 2020. Um, One of the things I will say is uh, thank the gods that this year is almost over. Not to say that 2021 is going to be any better, but (laughs) I can't imagine how much worse it could be. Murder hornets, pandemics, um, a little bit of everything happened to us this year. But um, aliens, aliens, (laughs) we'll we'll, um, we'll definitely. Uh, myself at least i'll definitely be happy to say 2021 um even when i'm paying bills i'd be happy to put that out there (laughs) but um uh we're we're going to like i said put this in there so this is going to be um uh, today as we're recording it's december 19th we'll have these episodes out for christmas and it will be our holiday edition of adventures from the shed this year it's the holiday season what's holiday season (laughs) Uh, goblins I'm... roasting on an open fire <laughs> man that's not gonna taste good uh, goblins jack... nipping at your nose <laughs> jack frost nipping at your ghost we have um dungeon world in front of us and i won't go into too much about the system itself except to say it's relatively straightforward chris has played before randy has heard the podcast play the dungeon world system multiple times. So we'll be able to kind of jump right into it. What I will say as far as a precursor is we're going to make it as simple as we can make it. Jason should be joining us at any time now. And once he joins, we'll probably have to rehash a couple of things, but dungeon world simplicity should allow us to get started with a game and play through a quick one shot without having to learn a whole lot of rules as it, um, as it is set up. Each character, each class has a two-sided page of what that class is capable of doing, as well as what are called the basic moves, which every class, every character can do. And it really comes down to when you're playing the game, 
as you get to a certain spot that may change the course of the adventure, may change what happens next, that's when we'll roll dice. And we'll determine which move, whether it be a class move or a basic move, what coincides with the action. We'll roll the dice, apply the modifier, and see what happens next. One of the, the um, mandates of the Dungeon World system is you're playing to see what happens next. And that's what we'll be doing as we go through today. Um, Chris, you mentioned Thief. Randy, you mentioned Ranger. Do you have ideas of um, what what your character is already in the world or um, are we going to kind of make it up as we go? I'll probably make it up as we go. Um, it's still fresh in my mind right now. So I, I really have no goal for my characters where they would be right now. So. Kind of like real life. I like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially <laughs> this year. Yeah. I have no goal. I'm just going to end up wherever I am. And there yeah. we are. Well, how about you, Chris with the thief? The same, because, I mean, even though I kind of had this guy in the bag already, I don't really remember if I ever played him. Uh, so I don't really have any ideas about him yet, and I kind of don't know how I feel. Like, like what kind of thief is he going to be? A, a pickpocket guy, or just a trapped guy, or just a all-around sneaky guy, or, you know, I don't know. Cool. <clears throat> or, is he, yeah, more than I, the, or is he more of the assassin type, you know? Who knows? Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Um, I'm curious what Jason will have chosen as well, because we, we kind of started this by saying that um, we were going to play a couple of days ago, but schedules change as they have for us um, quite a bit. And we're going to have Jason on rather than Eli. Re Eli will not be joining us for this episode uh, or for this one shot. And Sorry, I'm buddy. curious if Jason has looked it up and uh, what he's going to come in with. Because he's, as far as I know, he'll be fresh to this. I'm not sure he's familiar with Dungeon World at all. Uh, and that may or may not be as smooth as it could be. We'll find out once he joins. Uh, in the meantime, what I'm going to tell you guys is you'll be starting. Your characters will be starting in a fledgling town that is currently trying to hold off a um, a... a an invasion of cultists that are trying to take over the town. Hmm. So that as a very big umbrella as uh, where you guys are, that's where we're going to start. Um, and if that helps you with your character, um, as far as kind of motivation or something like that, uh, what I'd like to do is let's talk a little bit about the, um, the character sheet as it stands in front of us. And, and we'll start with you, Chris. I'm going to go to the um, the thief sheet in front of me here and find it. So the first thing that we're going to do with each character is we, we want to assign their uh, ability scores based on how you want to play the character. Now, typically with the thief, you want your highest score to be in dexterity because your starting moves are mainly around dexterity. Of course, you can choose whatever you like. Um, but from there, you then pick which abilities you want the right, uh, the right bonuses or negatives to. Because everybody does start with a solitary negative one. Um, you'll have a, a plus two, two plus ones, and two zeros, which are no modifier. And when you do that, it kind of structures, I think, a lot of how you'll end up playing the character. So if you put that negative one in Constitution, you might want to play a weakling type of character. If you put the negative one in Wisdom, perhaps your character isn't so quick-witted to, to catch up on things that are happening around them, that type of deal. Do you have an idea of how, um, how your thief is uh, structured as far as stats? 
Uh, yeah, those are already filled out. Um, and we're only playing the first level guy, right? So we're not getting yeah, any back, yeah, just back to make it action. <laughs> um, I guess now that you say, so, so we're in a town that's being attacked or invaded. Yeah, you're, you're in a town and part of um, the story is it's up to you whether you've been hired to help protect the town or you're part of the town and you want to be protecting it from the invaders that want to take over the town and turn it into their own. Hmm. Or can I be a guy that's taking advantage of the invasion and just robbing people blind? I mean, I yep. <laughs> you can, as long as we figure out how that works with the other two characters. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> I mean, in reality, uh, you know me, you can do whatever you want, as long right, as we yeah. can then keep a party. Yeah. Okay, I will definitely not be part of the time. I will be a guy that's like, oh, something's going on over there. I mean, we'll take advantage of, of the action. Yeah. Yep. So, especially with my negative, uh, my, my charisma is eight. So it's negative one. So he's a jerk. I'm just going to play this guy's a jerk, man. Nice. He's um, just a dick. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Randy, do you have an idea of where the, uh, the, your Rangers stats line up? Yes. I've, uh, taken the opportunity while you were describing everything to go and get my stats all lined up. Um, cool. Mostly where did you stick, uh, my biggest curiosity is always, where did you stick the negative one? Negative one went to strength because I'll be focusing mostly on ranged attacks. If I need to use a sword, I can, but it's very risky. All right. That's cool. Um, Now, with that, the other thing I'm curious of, uh, one of the things in Dungeon World is alignment. Now, alignment does not map to what you know in Dungeons & Dragons or other systems. It is similar, but it is not a direct mapping. For example, on The Thief, if you choose chaotic, there's one line there that says you would leap into danger without a plan. That would be a tendency of your character. right? Mm-hmm. And, and the way it works in Dungeon World is say you chose chaotic. If during a gaming session you actually leap into danger without a plan, you can get an experience point for that. So it's playing towards what the tendency of the character is. And um, there are two others are also neutral and evil under the thief, but then under the ranger, the ranger has its own options for um, alignment. And I'm curious what you guys chose and how that might shape your character. I chose neutral, which worked out for me. Avoid detection or infiltrate a location. So, Oh, yeah. As an opportunist, I would say, yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> what do you think, Randy, with the ranger? Probably not the wisest, but it shows good to uh, endanger yourself to combat an unnatural threat. That's cool. I like the idea that you said it's not the wisest to be good. (laughs) It's not the wisest for my character because it sounds more like an up close and personal kind of thing of endangering yourself, but maybe each um, each class also has a choice of races, but you don't have a choice of all of the races. You have a choice of the races specific to that class when you're first starting. Again, using the thief as an example, your options are halfling and human. I know Ranger has other options, but um, how did that shape out for you, Chris? What did you pick? I took human so I can get the uh, bonuses on the spot lower and discern reality action. Cool. All right. Randy, what race is the Ranger? I chose Elf. Uh, when you undertake a perilous journey, which we'll discuss later, through wilderness, yep. uh, whatever job you take, su- uh, su- uh, you succeed as if you roll a 10+. plus. So as long as we're like in the wilderness, we'll always get a 10+, plus on my roll. And one of the things I like to do is if you chose something, I'll make sure it happens, just so that we have a chance to use it, that kind of thing. Yep. And then each of the... Um, 
the classes, each character within Dungeon World should be developing bonds with other characters. And there's a spot on the character sheet for bonds. And it will say, fill in the name of your companion in at least one of these. And it has bonds that you can start with. And they're kind of generic. Again, I'll use the, the thief sheet because I have it in front of me. And it says something like, I stole something from blank. And you could put in another character's name here. Or blank has my back when things go wrong, right? And the idea here is just like with alignment, at the end of a session, if you have done something that fits in with a bond you have with another character, you can get an experience point for it. And the experience is very different quantitatively than uh, a D&D. &D. So you don't need hundreds of experience to hit the next level. What you need is your level, I think it's your level plus one, to get to the next level. So you only need a couple of experience to get to level two, then a few more to get to level three, etc. So at the end of a session, if you're able to fulfill something that applies to the alignment you chose, as well as fulfill a bond with another character, you're really close to getting a level. So these things have a way of of, of joining character backstories and interests and things like that. Um, I know that right at this point we're just starting and we haven't really established if characters might know each other, but what do you guys think as far as the bonds that are out there? Yeah, it'd have to be the bottom two for <laughs> I me. I feel on the, the blanks sheet. now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, I wouldn't say I stole something from Randy or Jason's guy, but it could be any the other ones. I guess it depends, you know. Yeah, it's but really the hard. The thing uh, is, it could have been a clandestine thing. You, well, not clandestine, an unknown thing. You stole from, and then when you see them, you're like, "Oh crap, I stole from them." <laughs> That's right? true. The yeah. first time you see him, it's like, "Man, uh, I recognize him. He was sleeping while I took the blank out of his house." Which is kind of my mo because I'm calling this guy Mr. Sandman because I use that oil of Taggett, you know, the sleeping ah, poison. There you go, yeah. So it's kind of like my thing. I like, put people to sleep, and I take all their shit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> It's good stuff. Good stuff. Randy, any <laughs> thoughts on uh, bonds at this point? Um, they seem not. I don't know. Really, not to do with Mr. Sandman. Maybe uh, Mr. Sandman has no respect for nature, so I have no respect for them. Yeah. That could be. He could poop in the woods, right? That, that, that might be it. Does a thief crap in the woods? Who knows? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, and again, we don't know what Jason is going to go with yet. Um, we'll, we'll get him as soon as he joins in. Uh, the next thing I do want to talk about is the starting stuff. And when I say stuff in Dungeon World is considered gear. If you look at the back of your character sheet, the flip side right at the top is typically gear. One of the things that it does say in there is, is load, which is essentially encumbrance and what you can carry. I have literally, in the years I've played Dungeon World, never counted that. So I'm going to continue to say that. We don't count load. Um, encumbrance comes down to where it organically or naturally fits within the game, not as a specific number. However, when we look at this, the Dungeon World back of your character sheet, it tells you essentially you're going to start with one of these. So go ahead and pick, right? Uh, again, I'll use the thief as the example because it's in front of me. But you can the, the thief, you automatically start with some dungeon rations, which essentially is you can eat five times. You have some leather armor. 
Um, you have three uses of your chosen poison, and you guys probably heard Chris mention that he did uh, one of the poisons. We'll have him talk about that. But then you have options of choosing a dagger and short sword, a rapier, or three throwing daggers and a ragged bow, or adventuring gear and healing potion, or I should say and, with as far as that. So it's telling you, here's how we want you to start by equipping your character. And with that, Chris, how does the thief look? For gear, I have, uh, <clears throat> I got my oil of Taggett, or yep. I don't know, I think it's how it's spelled, or pronounced, which is the sleeping, you know, poison. It's applied, so basically, which means I got to make somebody eat it or drink it, apparently, which will be interesting. Or rub it on their neck or something. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking, because oh. apparently it looks like the touch uh, stuff is for weapons, you know. I don't know, I was kind of thinking maybe I could put something on like a trick ring where I kind of shake their hand and it pricks them, something like that. There you go, a joy buzzer. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm having a joyous time. Uh, took the dagger for the weapon, uh, range weapon. I got the ragged bow with the bundle of arrows, and then I did adventuring gear. Although maybe with a a city a city being attacked, maybe the healing potion would be a better idea. It might. Um, <laughs> yeah, of course, so I might switch. Might switch. Might have we'll the see. opportunity to lift a healing potion off of some. That's true. Target. That's true. All right. <laughs> cool. Randy, have you taken a look at the ranger's gear? Uh, yeah, I decided upon the uh, hunter's bow and short sword and uh, the adventuring gear and the bundle of arrows. Short and sweet. I don't have anything special like uh, cool. the tagged stuff. But basically, so that's because you're already special as oh, a yeah. teenage mutant ninja ranger. <laughs> yeah, his name is Mikey Leonard. No. <laughs> not going with that you know so. if you guys have them if you want to tell me the names i can actually kind of record them uh still thinking upon that okay let me open i got my mr sandman notes. that's my uh, <laughs> what's the name mr. chris mr sandman okay um i'll probably call him like sandy or something if that that's that fine works. Ranger Joe. Ranger Joe. <laughs> uh, not going with that either. Only uh, you can prevent forest fires. And we'll see what, uh, again, still what Jason comes up with. Um, so my next thought then is around the starting moves. And at this point, I'm just kind of stretching time to see when Jason joins us. Because I'd, I would rather not start the adventure till he's ready. Starting moves are specific to the class you've chosen. So really what it comes down to, in my opinion, the, the way we play the game under, under Joe's rules is these are the things that no other class can do. Right? Other classes can try to do stuff similar to it, but as an example, casting a spell for a wizard. Um, the thief could say, I want to cast a spell, but they can't do what a wizard does to cast a spell. They'd have to try and figure something else out. In addition, uh, or what goes right along with that is the wizard can't say, I'm going to backstab somebody because that's a thief's move. What the wizard would have to say is, I want to try and catch this person unaware to do extra damage to them, that kind of thing. With that in mind, 
um, each class has starting moves. And these are things that are very specific to the class, which means as the thief, you can do these things. As the ranger, you can do these things, and they're special to you. Nobody else gets to do them off the bat. Uh, Chris, what out of the starting moves there, and I'll just read the titles, Trap Expert, Tricks of the Trade, Backstab, Flexible Morals, and Poisoner. What do you think out of those kind of shapes the way you want Sandy to go? Um, well, considering I've named the guy Mr. Sandman, for the, I definitely want to you know see if I can use the poison. Okay. Um, the fact that we're being attacked by a, a cult, I'm thinking flexible morals might come in handy to kind of fake it out. Oh, yeah, I'm with you guys. I'm an evil there you crap. Go. You yeah. know? I'm here helping out. And then backstab obviously will come in handy. All the always the attack stuff. I don't know about mm -hmm. trap trap expert this time or tricks of the trade could possibly depending that that could be more useful if I can't get the person to sleep first before I rob them. Uh, you steal their healing potion. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I guess the bonus would be if the oil of tag it works and they fall into their light sleep, you can just pick the healing yeah. potion without a roll. Yeah, exactly. That's an easy one, right? <laughs> cool, Randy. What do you think about the ranger? Uh, well, I decided, first of all, uh, on the name August Lescott. Um, I was actually August. trying to play with uh, the original Red Ranger, Power Ranger's name, uh, which his real name is Austin. But ah. I think Austin for an elf doesn't really work, so I was like, August works. And August. then his, yeah. name, his character's name was Jason Lee Scott, so I went Lescott for her last name. So all right. August Lescott. <laughs> Just to, to figure out where I got the name from. Uh, I missed what the full conversation was I mean, about that. that that's but. um. By the way, that if you weren't already qualified, that super qualifies you as a geek. <laughs> I mean, that's Thank awesome you. that you knew who it was and that you took bits of their name to use the name that you had, all along the lines of just using the word ranger. I like that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, but the idea, what, what we were talking about here, is um, the starting moves for the class. I'll read the titles uh, yeah. again for, for the ranger, like I did for the thief, but hunt and track called shot and animal companion based on those three, what kind of shapes the way that you want August to play? Um, I'd like to think that uh, he lives in the woods and uh, he just tries to keep an eye on things the best you can, but it's, that's a big woods that's surrounding there. Yeah. So obviously that's how the, uh, what'd you say it was? Uh, necromancer, not necromancers. Was it mages that, that, that are cultists or cultists? That's what it was. Yeah, I just use the generic term cultists because they could be of any different class or persuasion. Right. Yeah. So I think he may have seen them from time to time, not really knowing what was going on, but only like, like yeah. the last stragglers or whatever. So he didn't think it was much of anything to mention. So, He's just uh, trying to do the best he can with his uh, trusty "Let's Go Wolf" <laughs> companion. Wolf? Does the wolf have a name? I have not gotten like that far. Wolfie. <laughs> it's Wolfie. He calls it dog. Dog. <laughs> Call it cat. Cat. Your whiskers. Um, so, in addition to choosing the wolf. You want to pick different things as far as what that wolf does to help you. Um, and you see on the sheet, it says, uh, choose a base, which allows you essentially to pick the stats for your animal. Yeah. And then what strengths it has. And 
um, if it's trained to fight humanoids, and if it has any weaknesses as well. Those things are useful. Uh, an easy thing to do on these sheets is to just circle what you want. If you have it physically printed, you know, just circle what you want. Yeah, I don't. Uh, because there, there's just a list of stuff already. Uh, yeah, I've been having to write everything down because I haven't had a chance to print anything off yet. So. And that's perfectly okay. Um, what we'll do here is uh, mention a couple of the things that are on the sheet for everybody. So first off, aside from the stats, everybody does have the same stat array to start with, and we talked a little about that. Each class has a damage number that they use. And kind of the way Dungeon World works is to say, this class, when it does anything that doesn't specifically call for special damage, this class always does X damage. In the Ranger's case, it's a D8, an eight-sided yep. die, is the damage for the Ranger. Um, their different classes have different numbers. So it, it doesn't necessarily matter whether you're using your short bow or your sword or throwing a dagger or for that matter, even throwing a rock at something. The idea is your class is apt to do a certain amount of damage and that's that. It simplifies things quite a bit because that doesn't necessarily scale. You don't need to do more damage as you gain levels. However, you may have an advanced move that adds damage. Chris mentioned the backstab earlier. There are things in the thief as you take advanced moves that can add to backstab damage, that can add to other things. And that's okay. Mm. But you don't have to add damage to be effective. As an example, one of the things that used to come up in Dungeon World was a dragon has 15 hit points in dungeon world that's not a lot but how do you actually hit the dragon that's the key what is it and they use i i, I remember one of the things i read used a reference to the old hobbit movies where um smog had that one scale that was out of place you could hit him with a million arrows but until that one hit in the right place you're not bringing that dragon down and yep. that's the idea within dungeon world as well it's, it's the story that makes more, more of a difference than the actual numbers themselves. Uh, with that, we also have armor. Depending on what you're wearing and what you chose as starting gear, you have an armor number. The armor itself is a direct negation of hits. So, for example, if you're going to be hit for five points and you have two armor, you're hit for three points. And that's it. It just reduces by the amount of armor. And then the last piece on that, that the same line of the character sheet is hit points. The way hit points works is it takes your constitution number itself, not the modifier, but the number, and then adds a certain amount based on the class. As an example, the ranger is eight plus your constitution score. Everything else in the game is based on the modifier number itself. But constitution as a total score is used to determine your hit points, which means the only way to go up in hit points is to increase your constitution as you level up. Hmm. So the, the, there, there's not a need for scaling armor, hit points, damage, etc. What advanced moves do, or as you level up, what matters is that you have different ways and different means to accomplish the cool stuff that you want your character to accomplish. It's all based around the story that's, that's 
unfolding again play to see what happens next rather than to gather loot or uh hit more uh hit with more points more numbers um chris is is uh sandy mr sandman starting with any armor does he have yeah the I, I took leather? the leather armor yeah definitely yeah. Uh, which i think you get automatically you don't have to, yeah you know yeah. No choices on that so that'll <laughs> that'll yeah. come in handy so um, you have the one point there yep cool uh hit points is uh 15 because that's already kind of broken out yeah it's off of the constitution and obviously nice d8 for damage which is pretty nice because i chose a dagger and you'd think like dagger you know people yeah. in the old school D thinking that's not gonna do anything i'm like oh i'm gonna hurt you <laughs> yeah exactly and and i think it's it's kind of poignant that the way it's set up within Dungeon World is that a thief with a dagger does more damage than a wizard with a dagger. Right? It, it just makes more sense to me. A thief knows where to put that dagger to do more damage. Rather than just saying it's a D4 plus modifier, it right. is when the thief is holding a dagger, it does this much damage. And when a wizard is holding a dagger, it does a different amount of damage. And yeah. to me, that, that kind of makes sense. I think people get stuck in the idea of one attack means just one sling of the weapon yeah. where it could be, no, I'm doing all these moves and that's my full yep. attack, you know, yeah. which is what I really like about dungeon. World. I like I, I swing, I stab him with the dagger and I knee him and I elbow him in the face. That's my, yep. you know, those are my moves and I get with the one D eight to pull that off. Right. I think that's what's very cool awesome. about the game. Yep. And I like the idea. One of the things that's been described to me in dungeons and dragons specifically is, um, that last hit, the thing that brings the monster, the enemy, down to zero hit points is the one that you wanted from the beginning. It's the yeah. one that got through, right? So in the meantime, you're just parrying, you're doing all this, um, you're dodging, maybe you, you knock them off balance, all this stuff. And that, that whittles the hit points down, but maybe you didn't even hit it once right up until the last one where you say I did the amount of damage that knocks it out, that kills it. Yep. That was the one that got through. That's the one where your dagger went through his eye. But in the meantime, <laughs> you were just tiring him out. You were getting through his defenses, figuring out when he lowers his shield at the right time. So you can lunge forward, that kind of thing. Yep. Um, within dungeon world, it's a little different in that. Say you choose to describe your attack. Um, as like Randy, maybe you say, I'm going to take my, my bow and I'm going to aim straight for his eye and you get a complete success with your roll. You hit him in the eye and depending on the enemy you're shooting at, chances are that's just going to kill him. And that's that. It didn't really matter how many hit points he had. Didn't matter how much damage you rolled. You just put an arrow in his freaking eye. And that's not, you know, that's not a have a nice day kind of thing. That's a your day is over kind of thing. <laughs> so we, um, we depend a lot on your description within dungeon world to know what the outcome of the action is. If your description is I attack, then the outcome is going to be what I determine more so than what you may have intended. If your description is I leap over the table and swing my sword at his neck and you hit, well, not only did you actually leap over the table, but your sword actually hit the neck that's an important piece. So that yeah. that's part that's a for me a big part of what we look for while we're playing the, the within the dungeon world system. Now at this point we're still waiting on Jason. 
Um, do you guys have anything else you want to add regarding sure. your characters? There's a section on my character called look. I don't know if we want to get into descriptions of characters just yet or wait until we get into the yeah, game. I mean, there's no problem with that. I was a little bit waiting on the look for um, Jason so we could describe what the characters look like once. But I have no problem with you describing what your character looks like more than once. Okay, so uh, I don't know what the limits are on uh, the type of eyes, but I had a choice between, uh, let me go, uh, wild eyes, sharp eyes, or animal eyes. I chose animal eyes, uh, cat preferably, the little kind of like diamondy. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to describe. Um, cat slash cat uh, serpent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I also had a choice between a hooded head, wild hair, or bald. I went with the wild hair. Think kind of wild thornberries, that little boy with the crazy yeah. <laughs> everywhere hair that's kind of sticking up. Um, and then the cape, camouflage, or traveling clothes. Uh, he does go into town, so I stuck with traveling clothes so he's not too wild of a looking character. Cool. And then lithe body, which is more of a athletic kind of flexible kind of character. I had to look it up to go and be sure. I was like, yeah. what is yep. wild body? Not really sure what they meant by that. Uh, or sharp body, but uh, I went with life. Yep, I think a lot of it comes down to your interpretation of it. I like that they've used a lot of um, vaguely descriptive words that leave a lot up to the imagination. And they're all suggestions, just like the names. They have name ideas. One of the things, um, as a side note, I think I told Chris this before, and, and Randy, if I did it on the air, you probably heard it before, but uh, I like to if I can't think of a name on my own, I'll look at the character sheet where they have several different options uh, for the ranger. There are both elf, elf and human options. And I'll pick a syllable out of like three different ones and make a name out of it rather than just picking a name that's there. I'll pick three, like uh, if I look at this quick, uh, there's one that's um, under elf. There's one that's L Rosine or something like that. I'll pick the L part. And then uh, under human, there's a Shrike. I'll pick like, L Wright or something like that. Right. And it's like, there, there's the new name I just got. Um, it, it, the reason I say that is I think of that as kind of the way the look works. All of these are ideas of how I might want to have the character look, what the name might be. Uh, and then it, like the equipment where Chris picked leather armor or, or has the leather armor with the thief, well, you know, quote unquote, leather armor really just means you have some sort of protective animal hide on you. It could be black. It could be red. It could be brown. You could have, you know, dragons emblazoned on the chest or who knows what. Um, mm. it, it leaves enough to the imagination that you can have it mean what you want, which is kind of cool. <laughs> so with that, you mentioned traveling clothes. What does traveling clothes look like for, for uh, this ranger? Uh, I didn't think too much on it. Uh, probably sort of rip off miles a little bit with the, uh, just basic browns of clothes, maybe just, uh, you know, kind of pants, but, uh, they're not like parachute pants or anything. They're just kind of regular standard. like <laughs> So hitting. not like vanilla ice. No, <laughs> yeah. no, it's not hammer time. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, you said vanilla ice. Either way, uh, <laughs> I want another enough, man. <laughs> uh, Maybe a short sleeve, uh, yeah. maybe a three button down shirt. Um, and uh, he doesn't wear anything on his head because his hair is crazy and matted. And he's been out of the woods a long time. Cool. 
Chris, what does um, the thief, Mr. Sandman, look like? Is he dressed uh, like like camouflage, just a pillow or something? <laughs> no. A big comfy oh, cushion. That, that, that would have been great. Yeah, he's a, he's a throw rug. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, now, I want to have him kind of be like this very much. You don't can't really see his face. He's got the hood on. You kind of all you can see his mouth a little bit. Um, so the clothes are very dark. The leather's dark. It's black like he doesn't exist almost um so you can't see his eyes ever even if it's like broad daylight it's like pulled you just see his mouth that's it um okay and i'm still i'm still i was kind of up and down about the, the body type i almost wanted to do the, like this flabby fat guy that just was kind of but i was like ah it doesn't really fit the rest of it so i'm, I'm also going to go with like the lift like the very, very skinny you know yeah guy that kind of like <laughs> you turn sideways and you miss him you know he disappears cool why is Danny DeVito murdering me? <laughs> <laughs> That's funnier than it should have been. Thank you, Randy. Yeah. Did I click something or did someone else? Yeah. We assume it's you. Son of a <laughs> bitch, why am I clicking? But All right, I got it. Stop the buttons. Just needed an epic, sad little Thank you. Vibes Thank you, YouTube. You. <laughs> I'll take it from here. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, no, that, that's cool. Uh, uh, all I was trying to do was put the Ranger character sheet on a different spot on my screen so I could look at it. And YouTube said, you know what? I want to play something for you. Okay. Here you go. Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so with that, Randy, have you given any thought to um, the, the, um, I don't know. I'm thinking of the, the, the aura that the ranger gives off, like uh, think of a pose is the pose of the ranger that you have in mind, the pose of the ranger with the bow at the ready, or is he like sitting against a tree or petting his, his, his wolf dog cat thing? What, what is that? What does your ranger look like in his avatar? He's pretty chill. I think you've got the head down pretty much with the hanging out, leaning against a tree, petting his, uh, dog and his dog, his wolf, <laughs> and uh, wolf dog just, cat thing. He's kind of <laughs> hanging out, trying to enjoy life the best he can, living off the land, and uh, just uh, trying to keep an eye on things the best he can. But he's not like always on the hunt to go and figure out what's going on. So more mm -hmm. of a relaxed kind of guy. And Chris, what would you anticipate the uh, the look of uh, Mr. Sandman's avatar? What would that look like? It would just be that hood, that dark hood. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Is he behind someone? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I don't want. I don't want to see him. I mean, even though I have that name, Mr. Sandman. I don't want the people to assume ever what he's up to. You know. There you go. All right. What would bring these two characters together? What's the situation that the Rangers come into town? Actually, let's start with you, Randy, with, um, with Autumn. Was it Autumn or August? August. August, August sorry. Um, my daughter's middle name is Autumn, so I got that stuck in my head. Hey, if um, we had another girl, that would have been her middle name. Oh, That's cool. what I was shooting for. But yeah. August, um, it, for the purposes of making this one-shot work, August is going to be helping the town defend against the cultists, which, as you mentioned, he has seen here and there, um, passing through the woods, perhaps, probably 
you know, whatever it is they're doing. Uh, the, the town has definitely identified them as a threat. More than once they have come in and tried to um, destroy things within the town, specifically the, uh, the places of worship. There are two or three specific in the town. Uh, a statue in the middle of town, a church, um, and uh, the right outside the cemetery, there's a praying space, as it were. Uh, the cultists have tried to come in and destroy these things, and the town has held them off. And now it's time for the town to reach out because the, um, the cultist infractions have, have gotten more than the town themselves can handle. So how does um, August play into that? Um. August may have heard multiple stories. And like you said, I said, he's seen them uh, come and go, but never like the larger group of them, usually just the stragglers. Uh, so maybe he's uh, like picked a few off and uh, got a better look at them after he heard what happened a few times. And uh, eventually he saw a, a shadowy figure move through the woods and he kind of followed him to go and figure out what he was doing. And, uh, with the high decks, I think he might have been able to close in on Mr. Sandman and be like, state your business here. And uh, that's how he first met him and found out that he wasn't with the uh, cultists. And they uh, just kind of conversed from there. Play that out, Chris. Mr. Sandman got got spied on by somebody who's pretty smart or pretty uh, perceptive. I don't know if you're actually smart or not. <laughs> it's kind of August Woods, so he kind of uh, yeah. noticed someone different. And uh, no matter how stealthy he thought he was, uh, August knows what's going on around there. Pretty dexterous. I'm, not, I'm pretty smart, too. You know. <laughs> I got a plus one. I'm not a schlep. Well, that was, I was like looking for this picture that I just put in the chat there, so you kind of get the look of how dark this guy looks. But, wow, um, yeah. I just see a black screen. What did you send us? <laughs> That's it. That's <laughs> None more said. black. <laughs> and he's wearing gloves, just so you know. <laughs> nah, nah, no gloves. Gotta, gotta, gotta use the fingers for the pickpocketing one. There you go. <clears throat> um, yeah, so I kind of missed out on what when uh, <laughs> I kind of missed out what Randy was explaining there. So I was trying to look for that uh, little picture from the old old D and D book. Uh, basically, Miles, uh, not Miles, <laughs> Miles, the loud bard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that guy. <laughs> Uh, August, uh, this is basically his woods. He can't watch it all the time, but he has seen the coldest come and go. And uh, that distracted me when you uh, launched that on there. Um, I just wanted to so, open uh, up that picture that Chris had. I think you can see it now. Yeah. The yeah. coldest never stick to one path, so he doesn't all catch like the large group of them ever coming through. Uh, so he has caught some stragglers and stopped them. And then one time he saw someone else who didn't really belong that looked suspicious uh, just at the corner of his eye because you are rather dexterous. So he caught up to you and uh, he's just was like, stick your business with a bow drawn and notice that you weren't uh, one of the cultists. Uh, one of the occult. And uh, so I would say that they started to have a a conversation from there. Oh, I got you. Okay. <laughs> a rapport. So yeah, he I'm says, just... state your business in the woods, you I'm just tagging along with these uh, group of ne'er-do-wells and just taking advantage of where I when and when I can. Just passing too, man. I don't want to, I don't even want trouble. All right, because we've had a lot of things. Uh, went to the Miles voice. We had a lot of things going on around here. And, uh, <laughs> kind of things. Uh, well, they're 
these cultists go in a town and they're wreaking havoc and uh, they're trying to ruin this town for their own. And uh, I thought you may have been part of that at first. And I see that you're not. So uh, I could let you be on your way or could take you to town and show you a few things, show you where things are, if you would like. That would be great. I haven't been to this town yet. I've been here. I do trade quite a bit. There's uh, some parts of the town I don't really go to very much unless I need to get a special arrow or two. Uh, but I think you might find some business there that you would take advantage of. Sounds good. Help me out on this one, Randy. What kind of special arrow do you get from town? Is there a, a Fletcher or somebody in town that does something that you need? Well, there's the regular Fletchers, but if he ever has something larger he wants to take down, he would go and uh, find a, a specific dealer in the uh, darker side of the town to get, uh, say, like uh, an arrow that uh, will shatter after it punctures into something, like explode. A hollow point or, arrow? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Okay. <laughs> or uh, some poisons that... Uh, you could put onto the tips of his arrows from there because okay. they don't really like to do that in town because it ruins the meat. But if it's something he does not need the meat of, he would not. Just uh, off the top of your head, give me the name of your contact there. It can be a simple name. It can be extravagant. You pick. Uh, the standard Fletcher's name is Bartholomew. Uh, I don't know his last name. I just call him Bart. <laughs> yeah. And Bart. then the uh, one from the little darker side of town uh Duggar Mr. Duggar Mr. Got it. He's um, uh cool. He prefers that it stays that way. <laughs> yeah. All right. And uh so with that, how do you two I mean, at this point again, I'm going to ask between Randy and Chris, your characters have to hook up and be ready for uh, bow, who knows bow, whatever the next bow, random bow, character is that needs to I can up. feel it. <laughs> yeah. What? Bow, what the I'm not looking for that kind of opportunity. <laughs> oh, what's your son? <laughs> How about you take your <laughs> and stick it in the <laughs> and then we'll be fine. Okay. <laughs> But I, I need your characters to hook up here. What is, um, you guys decide what's the commonality that brings you together? Uh, I almost said miles again. Man, August uh, sees someone <laughs> who doesn't know what's going on. So he's going to show him around for a while because he's like that student that has to show the new kid where everything is in the school kind of okay. ordeal. And uh, I think through conversation, they'll find out that they have more in common than what they did not. And uh, my, uh, dang it, August is uh, kind of uh, <laughs> Miles. His middle August, name is Miles. Yes, right? August M. Liscott is uh, kind of not really bored with the area. Well, I guess he's just kind of getting burnt out. So once he takes care of these uh, guys who are ruining things for everybody, he might uh, press on elsewhere. That's not a bad thing. So he's got friends in town. He wants to, you know, keep everything cool. Right? Yep. <laughs> he has a friend a and contacts uh, that help with uh, arrows and stuff, right? And he's uh, trades in, uh, you know, some kills, some raccoons, some 
uh, wild squirrels, rabbits, occasional moose. You know, that's how he keeps uh, occasional his arrow su- uh, supply up to date uh, for what he needs. And yeah. so he just doesn't live off the land. He does. He definitely does barter with this town. Cool. So he would rather nothing bad happen to it, and there is bad things happening. And he wants to help put a stop to it, but he just uh, doesn't fully know what's going on because he's only ever saw these guys come and go a couple of times. Yep. Um, with that, the the important part here is that, for me at least, is that you guys have an interest in the town being the way it is, not the way the cultists want it to be. Yes. So you have uh, some sort of aversion to cultists or whatever they stand for. And um, I guess what I'm looking for is what might that be? What is your objection to these folks taking over this town? They're trying to ruin it. As you said, they were just, you said there's a big statue in the middle of town and they, what do you say they're trying to like knock it down or something? I, I missed that while I was still doing oh, it's just they are in the cultist intent is to ruin the um worship places within the town. So amongst those are the for the most part, there's a statue, there's a church, and there is a praying area at the cemetery and each time the cultists infiltrate, they try to deface or change something. At, at those spots, they haven't been Basically, able to touch the church this is, yet. But they've this town like, is called Tranquility, and we're gonna <laughs> <clears throat> shut up. Um, the the at the cemetery, there's a spot where you go to pray for those who have passed on, and you found some graffiti there more than once. Uh, you know that the town has to go back and clean it, and um, they show up and they deface the statue. They haven't been able to get into the church yet, but that seems like the next big push that they're probably going to try and do something to the church. Yeah. Uh, August just doesn't appreciate what they're doing to the town. And uh, they're also, you know, leaving crap all over the woods that he has to go and take care of as well, you know, as they leave, uh, you know, empty cans of paints and <laughs> broken paintbrushes. What are they doing? They're, they're spray painting stuff and just throwing the cans in the woods. Those <laughs> littering bastards. Doing uh, keggers and leaving their uh, bottles yep, all over yep. the place. That's crazy. The um, Chris, go ahead. Do the do these cultists come in? They only come at night, or they come whenever? You know, kind of. Are they human? Are they kind of you know humanoids? Are they monsters? Are they? For the most part, like, we're talking humans, specifically humans. Um, I've only every now a and few then you so see a, there's a, a shorter one that might be a dwarf. Um, uh, probably not halflings. There's too much facial hair for halflings, and they they show up day or night. They're becoming more brazen. They're more bold. They they just go in and do what they want when they want when there's you know, the right people around, for example, um, heading up to the cemetery, which is off on the west side of town. If there's nobody around or if there's just a couple of people there praying that, you know, dressed in regular civilian clothes, they'll just go in and shove them out of the way and spray paint, you know, you suck, we don't kind of stupid <laughs> stuff. Um, we are so, cultists, you are not. So there's no town resistance at all? 
there is, but it's not like guards are posted at those spots so that they're not ready to defend at the time they show up. And the town's <laughs> resistance is minimal. Um, I should say the town's defenses are minimal. The town is resistant. There are actually civilians that are shouting at the, the, the mayor and the local council of, you know, why aren't you doing anything? And they're like, well, by the time we get there, they're gone. So blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, what can we do? And with a cultist being, again, more bold, more brazen of just stepping in and, and kind of poking the bear, uh, the, the town's ready to revolt but they don't have the resources to revolt against a, a large enemy. How large is this enemy? From what you guys, especially um, <laughs> August, could probably tell is uh, there, you've probably seen at least 20 to 50 different people come and go over the last month. And it's only getting bigger each time instead of one person going in, it turned to two, then it turned to four, then there was like six, then 12. And the last group of cultists that went in um, numbered about 20. And they went in, and this was the time that, that they did the most damage to the statue at the center of town. You know, the next day, um, people in the town, like they, they've got a, a local low-level wizard that goes out there and prestidigitates the statue to get the, the graffiti off of it kind of thing. Um, but that that happened just a few days ago, and they're just ready for the, the next bad thing to happen, but they don't know when, and they don't have the resources to put 24-hour guards out at each one of their religious sites. Hmm. Well, maybe if August does August know where they kind of hide out? They said he's been watching them come and go. I've caught the tail ends of uh, the stragglers, and uh, I'm knocking them down instead of following them. Maybe uh, I, if with the damage they're doing, it seems like there's way too many for me to go and handle alone. So, well, not exactly alone. Aren't you there, Wolfie? Yeah, aren't you there, Wolfie? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just starts spending his wolf. Uh, but uh, I, I could probably use a hand because there's way like i said there's way too much damage looking like there's way too many people for me to if i get caught it's over 20 is a lot for just two guys that's you know still a problem uh it is if they all know you're coming so i think uh if we can get a small group together maybe we can uh figure out where they're going and take them out well it'd be better if they actually split up unless you know i don't know is it the whole group comes every time or some of them come other ones stay I assume yeah. that they're all going to the same location, probably pre-planned, and then heading back the same way. Uh, but they're taking different routes each time. So I've waited uh, multiple nights in the same spot that I caught a few before at the end, and they never came back that way. So I moved to the location where I found them again. And once again, it was only like one or two people I've caught. Usually it's when they're leaving. I've never caught them coming so unfortunately well maybe we could uh maybe the town can hire us out and now uh, we could use them to help set up a trap or something yeah i need to stop this there's a, a specific maid that i need to go and protect <laughs> <laughs> we have a we have a date set for tuesday <laughs> there you go i like that randy um well, if you have a contact in the town maybe we could uh set something up where they could uh, pay us for the, you know, our services. 
Uh, we should probably talk to the mayor. Uh, I don't think we'll get anywhere with that mansion. They'll never let me in. We had to talk to her outside. <laughs> nice. Might be some gold or silver in the mailbox, though. <laughs> you might leave it there. Hey, and somebody else will find it in 100 years. No. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, uh, let's go to the tavern, see if we can't find anyone else that might be willing to come with us, and uh, then we can establish a proper payment from the mayor. Works for me. Cool. Um, as uh, you get into town, and, and it's open. I mean, the town doesn't really have a gate where you have to present information to get through. You don't have to show anyone your papers or state your business or any of that. It's just open. Um, there are... Uh, kind of wooden palisades around the the town it looks like they're starting to build up some stone walls or something but in the meantime this is what they have and uh you know you enter the town make your way towards uh, the tavern and um as you get there you do see the end of the episode (laughs) it's pretty blatant i mean it's just like that (laughs) that's like the end of the episode um strange name it is. It's, yeah. all, it, it's right in the middle of like 3D hanging from the <laughs> sky. The end of the episode. So let's wrap this one up. See if we can uh, catch Jason to get us started on the next one. But uh, for now, we can all say. See you. Bye bye. Ciao. The preceding podcast was brought to you by One Joe Young. You can find us online at adventuresfromtheshed.com.